0: The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Psalm 19 and verse 14. David says in prayer to the Lord, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. The Bible has a lot to say about what we say, about how we say it, when we say it, how much we say, and the consequences of what we say. There's so much instruction regarding this matter and I want us to think about it tonight and we might continue with this in some future messages because it is such a, a large subject and such a very important subject notice what David says in this prayer Lord let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now I want us to first consider why this subject is so important. One of the reasons is identified here. If David is concerned that his words be acceptable in the Lord's sight, And that clearly implies that our words can be unacceptable in the Lord's sight. And the reason we should be especially concerned about that in terms of this verse is because David refers to the Lord as his strength and his Redeemer. Now, if we believe the Lord is our Redeemer, to redeem something is to Buy it back to pay a price and get what you pay for. Jesus said he came to seek and save that which was lost. If we believe that through the sufferings of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection that we were thereby redeemed, and if we believe that he is our strength, that actually means that we believe he is our rock then we certainly should desire that what we say be acceptable in the Lord's sight. So let's consider that thought that our words have the potential of being unacceptable in the Lord's sight. Look at James chapter 3, which talks a lot about our speech, but at this point, time, look at James chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. Referring to our tongue, he says, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? In other words, to say things which are acceptable part of the time and things which are unacceptable part of the time, is totally out of place for a child of God. Now, we all have two natures. The new man desires to honor the Lord. The old man is often overcome with the impulse of sin, and we say things we ought not to say. We're always trying to do better. But I believe here James is saying that we need to have better Uh, self-discipline over what we say and how we say it notice the comparison he makes he says in verse 11 doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter you've heard brother chris talk about the old well on the farm and how good that water was you know, the well watered our house is really good water. But how would it be if part of the time that, w- that water was uh, corrupt? Part of the time that water would make you sick. And you didn't know when it was going to be good water or when it was going to be bad water. Do you think he would ever drink that water, no matter how good it is, when it is good? <laughs> No, you wouldn't take that chance, would you? If you knew that a well had the potential of bringing good, healthy water, and then maybe some other time it would bring uh, water that would actually make you sick, there was something wrong with it, you would never drink from that well. And in like manner, if we... Allow ourselves to get out of control in what we say and how we say it. People are not going to listen to anything you say because you will lose their respect. They don't know when you're going to get out of control.
1: And the book of Proverbs talks about that. So he says, doth a fountain send forth
0: at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh. Have you ever drank salt water? You know, I tried that before just to see what it would be like, you know, when I was a child. And you know what? You throw up. Fresh water is great, salt water will make you sick. So we don't need to bring forth both kinds of water, if you will, if you look at it in that comparison. So the first reason this is so important is because our words have the potential of being unacceptable to our Redeemer, who is also our strength. Another reason this is so important is because our words expose our character. Jesus made this very clear in Matthew chapter 12 and beginning with verse 34. Jesus is here addressing the Pharisee. He says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Notice two things here. Jesus says at the last part of verse 34, Out of the abundance of of the heart the mouth speaketh. That word abundance there is referring to something that overflows. In other words, what you say is indicative of what is the fullness of your heart. What you say exposes your character. It exposes who you are. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And look at verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. To be justified means to render a verdict. And to be condemned is also to render a verdict. But to be justified is to be... Rendered as righteous. To be condemned is to be rendered guilty. Have you ever thought about it that way? That what we say either justifies us or condemns us. Because it exposes who we are. It declares you to be a good man or it declares you to be an evil man. And again, I recognize we all have both natures and we can send forth water that's very sweet and refreshing, or we can send forth water that is very salty. I understand that. But when he speaks of the good man, he's not speaking of a perfect man or a sinless man. He's speaking of a man that has things under control, that he's living In a way that honors the Lord. So this is important because our words have the potential of being unacceptable to the Lord. And it's also important because what I say is exposing who I am. You know, you may hide your thoughts. Hide what you're thinking. Hide your emotions. But when you begin to talk, you expose all of that. Another reason this subject is so important is because our words can be very destructive. The Bible is very emphatic on this. In one of the verses that I always think about that is one of the strongest statements concerning this, is in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Talking a lot is not necessarily a bad thing, but the more you talk, the more likely it is you'll say something you ought not just based on the odds notice he says death and life are in the power of the tongue what you say can kill or make alive and you understand we recognize that that's not life in a literal sense and it's not even Uh, vital life in a spiritual sense. It's speaking of the effects of what you say. Your tongue can say things that destroy or you can say things that accomplish much good. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That just means those that Love to talk will reap the consequences based on whether they're speaking things that are destructive or whether they're speaking things that are edifying. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, some people love to talk. Talk all the time. That's not necessarily bad some people hardly ever talk some people never initiate a conversation if you didn't have some of both people you would have a problem wouldn't you you'd either have people that talk so much that nobody uh, learns anything from the other person or you'd have people that are so quiet they don't accomplish anything being together we have a variety of personalities Now, there's a lot of principles that we need to keep in mind. For example, like not interrupting people and listening to what they say. But the point I'm making is that we can honor God regardless of how outgoing or how uh, reclusive we are with our talk. You can't say, well, that's just my personality. Well, if your personality is to sin, change your personality now death and life are in the power of the tongue notice what james says about this back to chapter 3 verse 5 even so the tongue is a little member think about how small your tongue is compared to your weight in total it's almost in, it's almost uh, negligible the physical weight of your tongue compared to the physical weight of your whole body is also almost negligible but he, so that's what he's saying here the tongue is a little member And boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire
1: kindleth.
0: You know, the story used to be that the great Chicago fire was started by a cow kicking a lantern over. I've read different accounts of that, and I don't know if that's true or not, but the point is, it doesn't take much. When it comes to fire, to destroy a lot. A child could be playing with matches and burn the house down. What a great matter a little bit of fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. And notice this and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. That expression there, setteth on fire the course of nature, seems to indicate it gets the machinery moving. You begin talking, you say something that's hard or offensive and it affects somebody else, and there, they start talking about it. He says, it setteth on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire of hell. He talks later on in this chapter about the wisdom that is from beneath in contrast to the wisdom that is from above. And
1: then he says, notice in uh, verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. I hope this is enough to establish in your minds how important this subject is. But look at one more consideration. Controlling your tongue is also an
0: evidence of Christian maturity. Matter of fact, if you can control your tongue, you are at a high level of Christian maturity. In James chapter 3, verse 2, he says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in words, the same as a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, if you can control your tongue, everything else is easy. Isn't that true? What is the thing you have the most difficulty with? The thing I have the most difficulty with is what I say. You know, and I hope you can relate to this, uh, there's sometimes you say, "Well, I know I don't need to say this." You know, you know that in advance. You're thinking it to yourself, "I don't need to say this," but then you go ahead and say it with no hesitation anyway. It's an unruly evil, isn't it? It's full of deadly poison. It, you, you have both fresh water that is sweet water and also bitter water, salty water coming forth from the same place.
1: Oh, brethren, what how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And it can destroy and consume a lot. Now, the first question that I want to consider is, what should we say? And the first thought is something which hopefully is already basic
0: to all of us. But whenever the Bible addresses something several places... We don't need to assume that God's people don't need to hear it. I've found that I I don't ever need to assume that a congregation is at this level, and so I don't need to address the things at this level. You know, we never graduate. We never never reach the level of maturity that we can and should. So let's notice the first thing in terms of what we should say is that we should say the truth.
1: That doesn't mean you say all truth. That doesn't mean you tell everything you know. Just because something's
0: true doesn't mean you tell it. And we may address that later on. But let me give you several verses that emphasize that we should always, when it's appropriate to speak, we should always speak the truth.
1: Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 7. For my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an
0: abomination to my lips. Now, wickedness can cover a lot of things, but evidently it's here being applied to that which is untrue. And the psalmist says, my mouth shall speak truth, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. The word abomination refers to that which is Hated excessively. You know, there are things that are an abomination unto the Lord. For example, one place in the Bible it says, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Whenever you see the world all for something, that's probably something God is against. It's always the few that follow the Lord. If you'll study the word few and many, you'll find that throughout the Bible, it's the few that follow the Lord, it's the many that are in the broad way. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Here he uses that word in the same sense. My mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination.
1: Look at Proverbs chapter 6. You'll be familiar with this one. Proverbs chapter 6 beginning with verse 16. These
0: six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. There's that word again.
1: Again, an abomination is something which is hated exceedingly. A proud look, a lying tongue. God hates lying. Now what is a lie? You know, we joke around
0: with each each other a lot, and we may say something in joking around that we know is not true in order to laugh and have fun together. That's not a lie. Uh, if you're trying to trick someone and give them a surprise birthday party and you quote-unquote lie to get them there, that's not a lie in the sense that we're talking about. A lie is that you do in order to uh, deliberately deceive someone and it's not for their good. A lie is that which misrepresents the truth in such a way that it does harm. Or it leaves someone in the dark regarding something they need to know. Notice
1: in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord.
0: I believe he wants us to get that point. Lying is an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Now you remember we began by saying that our words can be acceptable or unacceptable to the Lord. Here it says that what I say affects God. You know, we sometimes think that God is this holy sovereign, all-powerful being that's unaffected by anything we do. The Bible doesn't teach that. Notice what this says.
1: It says, lying lips are an abomination of the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. I want you to consider this. If you truly fear
0: God, And by fear God, I mean if you reverence God, if you realize that He will bless you when you honor Him, it will not only be God's delight when you say the truth, it'll be your delight to say the truth because you'll know that things will go well with me in the Lord when I'm always dealing in truth. You know, some people in the business world think, well, you just got to be dishonest sometimes to make it. No, you better be truthful to make it. Amen. God honors those that honor Him. And the Lord said it is His delight when we deal. Notice that word deal. Like when you
1: make a deal. It's God's delight when we deal Truly. And then look at Proverbs chapter 4. In verse 24. Put
0: away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Now that word froward is one that we hardly use. It means that which is ungovernable.
1: Something out of control. Something that's not being managed. So think of it in that
0: light. He says uh, that we're to put away a forward mouth. And then when he says that we're also, he says perverse lips put far from the perverse lips are lips that are disposed to be contrary. You ever met someone like that? It's almost as if they're looking for something to disagree about. You know, you enjoy being with people that are looking to be agreeable. That doesn't mean we want to compromise. And there's a lot the Bible says about how we're to speak the truth and how we're to stay with the truth. But we certainly should strive to be that person that's agreeable as much as possible. Not the one that's always being contrary. And looking for something another person said a little bit wrong. You know the Bible speaks negatively of those that are an offender for a word. You don't say something just right. If one word you said offends them. They make a big issue over it. And you didn't even
1: mean anything by it. We're not to make a man an offender for a word. But our words are to be good to the use of edifying. And we hope to get to that verse later. But think about this uh, before we continue on. that The Bible has a, a lot to say about what we say and how we say it. The Bible has a lot to say about when we say something, how much we talk. And so far, we've simply tried to look at those verses that show
0: us why this is so important. And we've looked at some of those verses that teach us uh, what we should say in terms of speaking the truth so let's look at one more tonight proverbs chapter 8 proverbs chapter 8 and i'm deliberately trying to go slow you know i would love to jump forward to some of the things that i'm really burdened about but i'm going to try to deliberately go slow if the lord would be okay with me doing that But look at Proverbs chapter 8
1: and verse 6. Here, for I will speak of excellent things,
0: and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing fraud or perverse in them. Now as we conclude for tonight, let's just carefully consider some of the
1: words here. Notice that word, uh, excellent. Says, I will speak of
0: excellent things. You know what that means? That means of great value. I had some interaction just recently with a young man who was using some very vile conversation to address an issue facing the church. And I thought that that's anything but excellent. That's anything but profitable. What he's saying does nothing but calls death in the sense that we were talking about earlier. But here he says, my mouth shall
1: speak excellent things, things that are useful and of great value. The opening of my lips shall be right
0: things. Oh, it's so easy to say, well, you know, here's what I heard. We do that all the time, don't we? He says, the opening my lips shall be right things. You know, if especially if you've been told enough negative things on a person,
1: you're liable to believe when somebody says, you know, here's what I heard about him. No, he says, my lips shall... The
0: the opening of my lips shall be right things. My mouth shall speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. You see how these verses just keep contrasting telling the truth with telling untruth which the
1: Lord considers an abomination. All the words of my mouth are
0: in righteousness. There is nothing... Here's those same two words again we looked at earlier. There is nothing froward
1: or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that
0: understandeth and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. Now, he's not talking so much here about the truth of science and mathematics and uh, academics. He's talking about truth pertaining to God's Word. And truth in particular, based on the fact this is in the book of Proverbs, Truth in godly living. Now, if you're going to speak the truth about godly living, there are some people that no matter how you try to say it, they're going to be offended by it. But if you speak the truth in the right way
1: at the right time, and it's offensive, that's not going to be laid to your charge. But he says they're plain to him that understandeth
0: and right to them that findeth knowledge. Let's make sure we tell the truth. When you're talking to a younger person in the church, if an older mother, if if a woman who has raised her children is talking to a young woman that has children, make sure that the advice you give her is the truth. Not what the world does. Not what Babylon says. If you're counseling a young man as an older man, make sure you're not giving him your opinion, but you're giving him the truth. That's hard to do sometimes, but the Lord will bless you when you are a representative of truth in all things.